Hi, welcome to Ask Pastor Dennis. Um, this is our second podcast, and today um, we have a question from one of our listeners saying, um, how do we evangelize to nominal Catholics? So this person wrote, how do we evangelize to Catholics who identify themselves as the same as Protestant Christians? I feel like these Catholics are nominal. These people seem to be the hardest to evangelize to because they think that they're the same as Protestant Christians. How can these Catholics be saved? And so now we'll have uh, Pastor Dennis um, give his response. All right. Um, I think th- this is a good question because it is true. We we do run into um, a lot of Catholics when we're evangelizing. I ran into a lot um, at Fullerton when I when I was evangelizing out there. Um, I'll just say I think there's a couple issues here. The first one um, is are Catholics Christian? I mean, are are, are Catholics saved? Um, and I, actually, I would say that I think many Catholics are saved. Um, they believe in Jesus and they have a real faith. They have real trust in Him. And um, you know, our theology differs in some minor ways, um, but I don't think it differs in major ways, um, at least with some Catholics. The reality is Catholicism can be diverse just as um, Protestantism can be diverse also. Um, I, I think that, you know, where uh, th- there are some Protestants that believe that, that almost no Catholics or no Catholics are saved. And I, and I think that really is a, a misunderstanding um, of some of Paul's teachings. Paul, you know, talks a lot about how we're saved um, um, through faith, right? By grace, through faith, and that it's not according to works. We don't earn our way um, into the kingdom. And, um, and because of that, I think some people look at Catholic theology, where at least historically, um, you know, Catholics taught that works, some works are necessary for salvation. And, and they'll say, well, because they believe that, um, then they're, heretic, they're heretics and they're not saved. I think that's a, a real misunderstanding of Paul. I don't think he's trying to say you have to believe that only um, your faith saves you. I think his point is, no, you, it's the faith that saves you right? It's not the works, right? And, and, and that's important, meaning that um, what he was criticizing was this understanding um, in, in Judaism where if they did these certain works like um, circumcision and Sabbath keeping, that these works showed that they were, you know, um, members of, of God's chosen people and in our understanding that they were saved. And Paul was saying, no, 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 it's not the works, it's the faith. The faith is the thing that saved Abraham. And so, you know, works that are born out of faith um, are, are good things, I think, according to Paul. I think James says the same thing, right? This idea that our, our faith, living faith, should be evidenced by good works. So my, my only point is to say that um, I think Catholics who do have a, a real living trust in Jesus, I think they are saved. Um, and, and I think there are many Catholics like that. I think the issue with this question is the nominal aspect, right? What that means is that if somebody's a nominal Catholic or a nominal Christian, really that means they're, they're in Christian in name only, right? There's no real evidence in their lives um, that, they're, you know, that, that they really trust Jesus. That's what faith means, you know, in its simplest you know, definition is, is it trust. There's no real evidence that they really trust him with their lives in any serious ways. And, um, and that is an issue. That's absolutely an issue. But that applies just as much um, to Protestants as to Catholics, I would say, right? Like um, both sides have lots of people um, who ha- maybe have the right theology about Jesus. They believe in the right things that he, you know, is the son of God, that he died on the cross for their sins and that he rose again from the dead. And um, they believe these things. 
and um, and on that basis, they think, oh, I'm saved, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to heaven, I'm going to live with him forever, and that, I think, is is really not what scripture teaches, right? Second Peter 1 um, says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, and 2 Corinthians 13 um, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, right? And I, I think a lot of th- this is a major issue where people have this amazing confidence that they belong to Jesus because of creedal affirmation, because of right theology. And again, I think that misunderstands the biblical teaching. It's not right theology. That is important. I don't want to say that's unimportant. But it's about a living faith, a living trust in him. That's the core component. And so that's why I think the, the, the important part of this is I'm always challenging people. I think the best way to understand whether somebody is in the faith or not is um, do they have any idols in their lives? Are there any things in their lives that are more important to them than Jesus? I think that's a, a much better way to understand it. And, you know, the story that I think, um, you know, highlights that the best is the story of the rich young ruler where Jesus talks with this young man and this young man obviously believes in Jesus in the sense he asks him, you know, how can I inherit eternal life, right? He believes Jesus has the answer here. Um, and Jesus doesn't give him our standard, you know, evangelistic message. He doesn't say, well, just believe I'm going to die. Just believe in that and, and you'll go to heaven. No, he says, you know, you know the commandments. And the man, you know, says, I've kept these. And Jesus says, well, one thing you lack, you know, sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And I think really what Jesus is doing is he's discerning that there is an idol in this man's life. There's this thing that's more important that he puts more of his trust in than Jesus. And he's calling him to surrender that to Jesus, right? So I think that that is is the best understanding of what it means um, to be in Christ is that I have made this decision that I trust him. That's that's where Paul's terminology of faith comes from, right? That I trust him with my life, right? And and so if you're talking with somebody, and, you know, sometimes it can seem pretty obvious. They're like, well, you know, I've, I've been baptized or I've been confirmed, um, you know, so I, I'm a Christian. And, you know, I think the way that I would tackle this is I would I would challenge them and be like, well, do you know what baptism means? Or do you know what baptism means? And and I think that, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, I think a lot of Christians have, don't really understand what what baptism is all about. And, and I would challenge to say, you know, the, the purpose of baptism is that it's an, it's an outward display. It's a public testimony of an inward reality, right? And the baptism ritual, um, what it is, is you go under the water. That's to represent that you've died to yourself. And then you come out of the water, and that's to represent that you've, come into new life in Christ. And so the idea is that when we make a decision to surrender our lives and to die to our old dreams and to die to our plans for our lives and our priorities and all the old things um, that, that governed our decisions, and we've died to those things, and we've said, okay, I've been crucified with Christ now, right? And now I'm living for him completely. That's the idea, right? I'm, I'm making him first in my life, and I'm putting his kingdom first. That's what baptism represents. And the power is not in the ritual. It's not in doing the ritual. Look, you can get baptized a million times. It does nothing, right? The power is not in completing the ritual. The power is in what the ritual represents, 
right? When we do, when we do die to ourselves and we make a decision to make Jesus Lord of our lives and we're going to trust him with our lives, that's where the power is, right? And that's the point at which we're commanded to then be baptized to show everybody. It's a public declaration. This is the, the decision that I've made to put Jesus first. He's now Lord of my life, and I trust him with my life. And that is how I, w- I would challenge somebody who's a nominal believer um, because the reality is I think most of them know that they, they, they have not done that, right? They, they have not put Jesus first in their lives. They don't even have that kind of expectation, and that's what I, I would challenge them with and, and, and say that, you know, we're not to have a security, a sense of, of, of confidence that we're saved based on, on our, our theology, right? And again, I, I need to be careful here because I do believe theology is important. Um, but on that basis alone, you know, Paul says, look, even the, even the devils believe in Jesus, Right? Even the devils believe all this stuff. That's not what saves us, okay? What saves us is putting our trust in this person, right? The theology helps, you know, define who the person is in that we're putting our trust in, but it's the trust that brings um, salvation. So that's that's probably how I would lovingly challenge um, anybody that I ran into on the street who was more of a nominal believer. Yeah, I think that's a big pitfall that a lot of people who grew up in church or have been attending church for a long time can fall into. Um, This idea that we're saved by our creedal statements, um, by the right theology that we have, um, but not actually living a life that represents the, the truthfulness of those creedal statements actually being lived out in a believer's life. And so, yeah, I think this is not only a message and a, and a, a good statement for people who are nominal Catholics, but even nominal Christians, Protestant Christians. And so, yeah, we hope that this podcast is has been a blessing for you guys. Um, again, if you guys want to keep sending in your questions, we, we would love your questions. Please make them specific. Send them into Burning Tree or Burning Tree Ministry or Burning Tree TKC at gmail.com. And yeah, we would we'll we'll review your questions and look look them over and then we'll add them to the podcast. I'm your host, Nick King, and we'll see you next time.